scripture today comes from the third chapter of Acts, verses 1 through 10. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer at three in the afternoon, and a man lame from birth was being carried in. People would lay him daily at the gate of the temple called the Beautiful Gate, so that he could ask for alms and from those entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them for alms. Peter looked intently at him, as did John, and said, look at us, and he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I have to give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. Jumping up, he stood and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them walking and leaping and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized him as the one who used to sit and ask for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. <clears throat> Excuse me. Holy God, send your spirit upon us, that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. So my sister and her kids were in town visiting this past week, and on Wednesday, my daughter and her kids came down from Cheyenne, and so we had to get out of the house, at least on the, we had a, some sunny hours on Wednesday, so we headed to the zoo. Now, I probably only go about once a year when somebody is in town, and lots of the exhibits have been changing and are just different, and because I only go once a year, I don't get to see everything, so I don't know if this was a new thing, but I had never seen it before. There was one bird exhibit where you could walk into this little area. It had kind of a, a air chamber thing where you walked in two sets of doors. Um, and once you got into it, there were birds just all loose running around your ankles. They were wandering around their own habitat, which once you entered now included you. All sorts of birds, different species and kinds, and they all just kind of coexisted in this sweet little community. No walls between them, no cages, just little ponds and trees and lots of space to roam and be their little bird selves. Of course, there were other birds in other exhibits that did need to be separated 
that could not be put with other species because they might cause chaos. So we have been on a journey for these past few weeks, a Pentecost journey. Um, it's funny, um, Matt and Sherry Salis, they've been away for a few weeks, and Matt walked in and he said, it's still Pentecost? I was like, for us, it is still Pentecost. We've been following the movement of the Holy Spirit from the birth of the church at the day that we call Pentecost to the unpredictable flight into the world where the disciples are merely holding on. The Holy Spirit can be gentle, yes, and often we liken the Holy Spirit to a dove. But the Holy Spirit can also be wild, destructive, unpredictable, like wild geese. Throughout ancient Christianity, geese were often used as a symbol for the Holy Spirit. In the Roman tradition, geese were seen as a symbol of providence and vigilance. The Celtic people thought that the goose was an appropriate image for the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit has a tendency to disrupt and surprise. The Holy Spirit moves in our lives in an unexpected fashion, similar to the actions of a wild goose, says Philip Kozlowski. And our Pentecost story today is no different. We get to see firsthand how the Holy Spirit disrupts the carefully calculated order of religion. Peter and John have gone to the temple to pray, and they encounter a man who has been crippled since birth. Someone, or many someones, carry this man to the temple gate every day to beg for, from those who are going into the temple to pray. Now the placement of the man is significant. Is he inside the gate? No. He's outside the gate. The New Interpreter's Bible says the lame beggar is placed outside the temple gate, and thus this contrasts with those Jews entering the temple for prayer and with the man's eventual entrance following his healing. This crucial narrative detail suggests that the lame man was excluded, excluded from the temple and all it symbolized under the temple leadership. All of this is to say that because the man was differently abled and is, is suggested by his begging, living in poverty, he is excluded from the religious life of the people. He is outside the walls that have been built to keep people like him. The story also takes very much care to mention that Peter looks straight at the man. I think this is important, too. If we can draw anything from our own experiences, we know that it can be painful walking or driving by someone who is in need and begging for help, especially if we know that we are not going to or cannot help them. 
How many of us have avoided eye contact with the person on the street who has a shopping cart full of mismatched belongings? Or the person on the corner of the intersection with a cardboard sign saying, anything helps? Instead of Peter and John walking by, avoiding eye contact, Peter looks straight at the man. Into his eyes, acknowledging his humanity, offering him dignity. And instead of allowing the man to avoid his own eyes in shame or in powerlessness or in defeat, Peter tells the man, look at us. So that they can mutually share awareness of one another. Now the fact that the man's physical disability is healed is almost secondary. The honoring of this person as a precious child of God is primary. And maybe it's the power of this altruism, the brave act of acknowledging someone's deep pain and despair that brings about the Spirit's healing. Whatever happens in that moment, the man is made whole, he is healed, he is saved from his life of pain and poverty. However, even in our scripture, even though our scripture reading that we had Bruce read ends there, in this moment of celebration and wonder and amazement, the story doesn't actually end there. The leadership of the temple, the priests and the Sadducees, were not at all pleased that the man that used to be outside the walls was now inside. So in chapter 4, it says that they seized Peter and John and put them in jail. The Holy Spirit continually swoops in and rearranges things, upsets established orders, challenges our careful walls that we have built. And that's not always a welcome activity, but it is the activity of God. One of my clergy colleagues and her church recently hosted a booth at their town's pride event. She, being a lesbian, is grateful to serve in our Mountain Sky Conference. She only transferred in a few years ago, and um, she had lived in another part of the country. And while she was serving there some 30 years, she could never be who she fully was. Because our United Methodist Book of Discipline has exclusionary language, and if anybody knew that she had a wife, she could have been brought up on charges and lost her credentials as a clergy. So she has been grateful to be able to serve in a conference and in a local church where she and her wife were readily welcomed and valued. So she and her church hosted this booth at the Pride event and have for several years. And she in particular makes sure to proclaim to all those who have heard differently that God loves them unconditionally. 
Last night, she posted this on social media. To the man who thought it necessary to come to our table at Pride to cause harm, to call me an abomination, and to tell me that I am going to hell, I want you to know that God loves you. And I am trying really hard to love you too. Not everyone will appreciate the movement of this wild and unpredictable spirit. Not everyone will appreciate and understand how crucial it is to break down the walls that protect one group and leave another out. Not everyone will understand that the breaking down of everything we know is the work of God. And so for any, for all, that have ever felt like you are on the wrong side of the wall, hear these words from Mary Oliver and her poem, Wild Geese. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about your despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese high in the clean blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls you to be like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over announcing your place in the family of things. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.